Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, he is off to Vegas, right? Or are they? Uh, I've been thinking a lot about him because I know people in Portland really want this A's to Las Vegas or A's staying in Oakland situation to just get resolved so that Portland may uh, position itself potentially for uh, an expansion team. But uh, Casey Pratt, who does a fantastic job for ABC7 in the Bay Area, has been on the show before. Um, Casey Pratt has been following the potential move of the A's to Vegas. There's a lot of fiction. There's some truth in this. But uh, there seems to be a uh, bit of a hiccup. John Fisher involved, Dave Caval involved, um, A's ownership and team president and people in uh, Vegas probably not used to dealing with people like John Fisher. Here to talk about it, Casey Pratt, ABC7 in the Bay Area. Uh, Casey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, John. You bet, you bet. Uh, you, you, you hit a home run last time, so we bring you back. Every time, but uh, (laughs) when you look at the A's, okay, so, you know, we all, from our our vantage point, Casey, we heard, you know, A's going to Vegas, knocking down the Tropicana, building a stadium, and we thought, okay, it's over and done, but it it appears as though there's some problems here. What, can you, can you get to the root of the problem? Yeah, I think the root of the problem is, is that the A's owner would like to look everywhere for money, but his own wallet. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the root of the problem uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah, John Fisher apparently has ticked off some of the executives on the Strip uh, who are trying to – is he looking for, like, you know, hey, I don't want to put any of my money into this deal, like no money, and he wants a stadium? I I think he wants to put in as little as possible, and, and that same premise applied in Oakland. And if you look at what's going on right now in Las Vegas, I think a lot of this – sort of rush to a finish line is by design. They're trying to mm-hmm. ram through some legislation before people have a chance to really realize what's happening. Um, you know, out in Vegas, they've been telling the A's, we need you to select a site because we have to pass legislation for the site in order to give you the money that you want. And they waited almost till the end of this legislative window to close before selecting a site, which was the Wild Wild West site off strip. And then just 20 days later, they selected a whole other site, which was the Tropicana site. So it's it's a bit chaotic and rushed out there right now. And they really are asking for $395 million from, you know, the public. And the public has no idea what's going on. And, and sort of seems like the legislators are a bit in the dark out there too. What is the reaction in Oakland to this? Is there is there hope that the deal goes sideways, Fisher has to come back hat in hand, or are people so done with John Fisher and the A's that they're that they're ap- apathetic about it? I think if you look at the seats at the Coliseum, and that's about all you see when you look out at the crowd these days, uh, it tells you everything about how people feel about the ownership in this team. Um, you know, this isn't an indictment on the players or – you know, the fan base, it's an indictment on the way the ownership has treated the fans even since 
he became the owner, they've they've never invested. You know, the the last contract they signed that was a major deal was Eric Chavez and that was six years, sixty six million dollars and John Fisher even inherited that deal. They haven't signed a deal larger than that since. And I think that what people would really rather have is for the A's to be sold. If they do strike out in Vegas, I think the dream scenario for people would be the A's are sold to an owner that wants to build in Oakland and then Vegas gets an expansion team because I think Vegas would be a great baseball market too. Or even Portland, right? Portland's got work to do though, Casey. I mean, city leadership uh, kind of bumbling around, not real supportive. Um, There would be no... There would be no ambition here uh, and no motivation by taxpayers to help John Fisher out. And so, you know, I think Portland would be looking for somebody to come in and do what the Giants did in San Francisco and fund that ballpark uh, by themselves. Uh, Casey Pratt, ABC7 in the Bay Area, is with us, been all over this A's thing. I mentioned the Giants, the territorial rights of the Giants. Can you help us understand that? I grew up in the Bay Area. I always felt like, there should be a team in Santa Clara. There should be a team in San Francisco. It would have worked. What What's going on with territorial rights? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take this two different directions. So bear with me, John. Okay. First and foremost, the Haas family had the territorial rights to San Jose. They were the owners of the A's back in the heyday when the A's had the highest payroll in baseball. The Bash brothers, Ricky, you know, all these guys. Uh, you you remember that well? I'm yep. Sure. Yep. So. The Giants were talking about moving to Florida, St. Petersburg, and out of the goodness of his heart, in in an effort to help the Bay Area, uh, Haas family gave the Giants the territorial rights to build in San Jose, trying to keep the Giants in the Bay Area, trying to save the franchise so they don't leave. And what ended up happening was the Giants didn't build in San Jose. They ended up figuring it out in San Francisco, but then they held on to those territorial rights. So... When the A's were sold, Lou Wolf fought the team. He wanted to move the A's to San Jose, but the Giants weren't ready to give up those territorial rights the A's gave them for free and really blocked their path to San Jose. Now, you could say the Haas family was being kind. You could say the Haas family was trying to let the Giants take San Jose so that they would be further away and not in San Francisco. I mean, there's some other ways you could look at this, but the bottom line is they gave the Giants the rights. The rights were not given back. And then John Shea of the Chronicle, just a phenomenal baseball writer, reported that they had actually found some minutes from an MLB meeting pertaining to this saying that the Giants' territorial rights to San Jose were contingent on them building there, meaning that they never built there, which would mean they should have gone back to the A's. So Hmm. it's still a saga after all these years. Yeah, and and I just felt like that maybe that would have been the solution for one of these teams. I know the Giants ultimately ended up in San Francisco, but uh, I always felt the South Bay was underserved, and maybe that would be uh, a way to keep them both. But, uh, again, here we are uh, talking about it all these times later. Casey Pratt, ABC7, was with us. Okay, so the other night, um, just over 2,000 show up at the Coliseum. You mentioned, hey, that's fans just basically going, we're done with John Fisher. We're done with it. And, you know, how is this team performing with, with all of this going on in the background? Well, I mean, not well. <laughs> uh, and, again, that's largely because they stripped the roster down to the studs. Uh, and by studs, I don't mean star players. Um, but <laughs> what they ended up doing was they're not spending any money. I mean, the A's are basically spending only the amount they're getting back in their TV deals 
on the roster. They have the lowest payroll in baseball and the results speak for themselves, you know, but some of the guys that are still there and some of the guys that have left recently, you know, I've spoken to them and they said that they really felt they had something special going on. Uh, the 2020, 2021, those years, um, you know, the A's won 97 games back to back years. Yep. Uh, they, they weren't able to get over the hump, but you know, they're competing with the Astros. And I think a lot of those guys felt like if the ownership group had given them any support at all to get over the hump, to win with that young nucleus, to keep that team together, that they could have done something really special. I think those guys really are still perturbed by the fact they didn't get the support and that the team got torn down uh, because they had a really good young core. I know you got guys like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, uh, Sean Murphy just crushing it in Atlanta now too. Uh, They had good players. But, yeah, at this point, um, you know, it's it's a roster of, you know, triple-A talent. You know, you do you do a lot of interviews. In one of the interviews you were doing, you know, you were talking about uh, the host was talking with you about separating truth from fiction. Uh, often when teams leave, it's the city that they're departing that gets blamed. Hey, the city didn't have their act together. The city didn't give them what they wanted. Um, is it the city or is this more of a, the trio of Dave – Cavell and John Fisher and maybe Rob Manfred, who who really were looking to, you know, hey, we're just done dealing with this Oakland situation. We need him in Vegas. Yeah, so it's interesting because I think it's easy to blame the city. I think it's easy to blame the politicians. But they really did have to stand up to the A's because you're seeing it happen in Las Vegas right now. The exact same thing just sped up where they keep asking for more, 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 more. And it, you can't just give them everything they ask for, especially when they're owned by a billionaire. And I think if you look at what Oakland offered up to the A's and what they accomplished, you know, the, the A's asked them to get $352 million to fix the area around the ballpark. They got $375 million with $100 million more pending in grants right now. That could be up to $475 million. The city and the county – made a deal where they'll help reimburse the A's for the on-site infrastructure, the area where the ballpark would actually sit, which would be countless, probably hundreds more million dollars. So, you know, the city of Oakland did literally everything they could in terms of funding John Fisher's ballpark project where, you know, he was just going to build the stadium and then everything else around it, um, he needed help and, they delivered, but it just wasn't enough. They still wanted more. They couldn't come to terms on a deal. And, you know, when the, when this whole thing blew up, I, I talked to several different people um, within the city, and I was told the, the deal was so close that it was $88 million apart um, pending the last grants that they're expecting to get. And, and that is such a – it's a lot of money for you and me, John, but for <laughs> for a billionaire, I mean, you're seeing guys getting a lot more than that every single – off-season and free agency, it's not really that much money when you're talking Major League Baseball. What is this about for John Fisher in your mind? You know, is he just trying to, uh, you know, move to Vegas, increase the valuation of the franchise uh, by a multiple of five or ten, and then, you know, exit? Or does, you know, is he, you know, what is it about? You know him and have been around the A's a lot longer than all of us. Well, you know what? I, I've been around the A's very long time. I mean, I, my first age credential was in 2005. Uh, I've never met John Fisher. I've never spoken a word to John Fisher. And I don't think 
anybody in the media has spoken to or met John Fisher. And so it's hard to say what he wants. I mean, and that's the problem with him as an owner is he's invisible and he's not available and you don't see him anywhere. And so I don't know what he wants. My best guess as to what he wants, if you just read the tea leaves, is I think he wants to get to a deal for a new ballpark as quickly as humanly possible so he can 3X or maybe even 5X his franchise and then sell and get out because I I just don't think based on the evidence, if you look at his track record and every decision he's made and every move he's made, and there's a lot of other interesting details, but it doesn't seem like he has the liquidity. Uh, He is the owner of the Gap. The Gap stock has been tumbling every day for many years. (laughs) Um, I just think that he's trying to – to leverage a deal in an almost pump and dump fashion. Like let's get this thing done and get out. Like let's make this money and be done. All right. So does it feel like the A's are gone and this is just a problem with the A's in Vegas or in your mind, Casey, is this, uh, is this like a, a, a shoelace that's not tied here? That's flopping around on the, on the pavement. I think it's very much flopping around. I think that the last time we talked, it looked like far more of a certainty because nobody had seen the fine print or even understood what they were asking for yet. And now that you see what they're asking for, it's not being met with a uh, warm reception. Um, (laughs) For them to come in there and say, we got a site. Oh, no, 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 no. Now we got another site. Oh, I know you're running out of time, but we need $395 million for us to be interested in building this ballpark. And uh, now we want, free land on the strip and this other development money. And, oh, yeah, waive the MLB relocation fee for us. Like, everything is just adding up. It's adding up in a way that uh, isn't really very favorable for Las Vegas. So if they get a deal done with this ownership group out there, it'll be largely attributed to Las Vegas' ability to get to yes on things. I mean, they lured the Raiders there. The Golden Knights thing was built and, and I believe, completely funded by the Golden Knights owner. Uh, And those, you know, have been different types of deals. But I think they really want to make things happen out there, and they find a way to do it. So it would be a credit to Las Vegas, but it would would be a deal that I think would be tough to swallow for them. And I think that everybody out there would be happier with an expansion team and and a different ownership group involved. I I actually think they'd be happier with the NBA, right? I mean, I think they'll eventually get the NBA. 100%. I think baseball ends up alongside like David Copperfield and Carrot Top as attractions. Like it's it's the Golden Knights, it's the Raiders, it's an NBA franchise, and then there's, you know, uh Sebastian Maniscalco on a Thursday night at uh the Wynn Theater, and then there's, you know, Carrot Top and the Blue Man Group and the A's. And it feels to me like there's a saturation there and I get like going to you know, there's a limited number of home games in the NFL. That stadium's phenomenal. I, I get going to an NFL game. If you're a Patriots fan, you get to see a game in Vegas, you go. But I just, I'm skeptical that baseball fans are going to jump on a plane and say, hey, yeah, that sounds good. Let's go to Las Vegas and then leave the casino for three hours, two to three hours, and go see a baseball game. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And, I mean, you mentioned, say, for the sake of example, the Patriots going to see the Raiders play in Las Vegas. Well, how many times a year do you see the Raiders? I mean, they only get eight home games, but how many times do you see that stadium completely overrun by the opposing fan? It yeah. happens time and time again. Uh, it is a sea of red when they played the Niners, the sea of red when they played the Chiefs. I mean, when the when the Bears were there, it was 
completely a sea of orange and blue. So I just don't think that baseball would have that same effect. Uh, you're talking, you know, weekday series against teams that may not travel well. The NFL is a whole different animal, as we all know. And so, I, I mean, they're projecting they need two and a half million people to show up to that ballpark to even make the numbers pencil out. And Last I checked, that's a 30,000-seat ballpark they're trying to build. You would have to sell more than the available tickets you can even fill in order to hit that $2.5 number. And I think the other issue is in a 30,000-seat ballpark, you know, say maybe there's a down series or two, you can't make up for it with, like, a big Yankee series and sell 50,000 to balance the number out. You're, you're maxed at 30, so – they're going to have a really tough time hitting these projections they're trying to say they can hit in order for this to pencil out. It's a really – the more you look at this deal in Vegas, the less sense it makes, to be honest. Casey Pratt with us, ABC7 in the Bay Area. Casey, before I let you go, um, Glenn Kuyper, the, the A's broadcaster who was fired by NBC Sports, he uh, used a racial slur during a telecast. He was He was in Kansas City with the team. He had been to the Negro Leagues Museum, baseball museum. It's a fantastic museum. Um, he, in talking about it, um, used the N-word instead of saying Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. The A's today announced that he will not be returning. He, you know, they're letting him go. How is this going over uh, with the fan base, and did they get it right in, in saying, hey, we, we just can't have you around? And this is such, such a tough one because you're a broadcaster. You know it yep. well if he gets caught on a hot mic saying something, you know, that, that he doesn't think other people are hearing and he drops that word, you're gone. Like you're gone instantly. Right. He misspoke. The issue is another clip had surfaced where he misspoke the same exact word mm. in a previous year. So I, I know Glenn is not, as far as I know, that type of person that would use that word. Um, right. But he misspoke, and I think when you misspeak that word, it sort of insinuates that you use that word frequently, and I think that's why it's so tough for them to look past this because it may or may not be true. I don't know. I don't know what he says behind closed doors, but I, I'm going to, knowing him enough, say I, I doubt he does do that. Um, but, yes, it, it's, it's, it's just a word you can't say, you know, yeah. you just can't. And, it, and yeah. it offends people and it absolutely should offend people. And it's a tough call for them. Um, and yeah, I think you're going to get mixed reviews by the fans because some are going to say, oh, it's cancel culture. And some are going to say, you know, you just period, you can't say that word. So yeah. I think yeah. it's a tough, tough, tough situation out here. Even now, as I went to go say that he was, you know, he was in Kansas City, he went to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, I'm being careful, right? Because I want to be really yeah. intentional and clear with it. And that's the part of it that got me is I feel like he was a little flippant and, you know, even, let's just say we, you're right, we can't see his heart, right? And so we don't yeah. know. But I want to believe that people are good, and I want to believe that he just misspoke. But man, uh, yeah, that one is it, it is a hot issue, and you're right. You can't, you just can't use that word. Casey Pratt, ABC Seven. Thank you. We'll bring you back on, get more updates. But you're all over this. I appreciate your time, Casey. Yeah, happy to talk to you anytime, John. Thanks for the call. All right, there he is, Casey Pratt. Uh, I want to take some phone calls on the Glenn Kuyper front. He gets fired. After using a racial slur, he used the N-word. He apologized on air. 
Subsequent clip comes up that this is the second time he slipped using that word. Did the A's get it right? 503-417-7575. You tell me. Glenn Kuyper, uh, the brother of Dwayne Kuyper, who uh, played in Major League Baseball as well and uh, is on the Giants broadcast. Glenn Kuyper was fired by the Oakland A's uh, after he used a racial slur during a telecast. Uh, they were in Kansas City, the A's were, and... If you haven't been to Kansas City, there are a few things that you need to do in Kansas City, and uh, one of them is uh, the Negro League Baseball Museum. I went there on a visit to Kansas City a few years ago when uh, Oregon basketball was playing there against Kansas uh, in Kansas City uh, during the NCAA tournament, and it was a it was a treat. It was amazing, and look, I am a baseball fan. I'm a baseball person, and I grew up on the stories and the players and history of baseball. And uh, Jackie Robinson, of course, important uh, should be important to all of us in American history. And Larry Doby in the American League, and Satchel Paige, and Josh Gibson. And um, but really, what the museum did for me is I walked through it, and I got to be honest with you, I was ashamed of America and America's stance on race uh even you know after uh slavery and into the 1930s and 1940s and 1950s as baseball was integrating it was evident that baseball was only integrating because the negro leagues were crushing it they were drawing fans they had fantastic players it was it was a show and i remember growing up on a movie um Great movie with Richard Pryor and uh, Billy Willi- Billy D. Williams was in this movie as well. Bingo Long, uh, Traveling All-Stars. If you get a chance to stream that movie on a Saturday afternoon, it's a treat. And love that movie. And it really does sort of give you a picture into the barnstorming teams of that era. Uh, but Glenn Kuyper and the pregame, as he was talking about a trip to the museum with his colleague, um, he did not say Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. He used the N-word. And it was six innings later that he apologized. That kind of bothered me, that it was later in the game that he apologized. Like, if you really did slip up in that moment, and, you know, we've all slipped up. I'm not saying we've all slipped up like Glenn Kuyper claims that he slipped up. But if you made that slip in that moment, would you not stop there in that moment if it truly was a slip and in you know embarrassed, ashamed and and stop yourself and go, "Hey, you know, I I I misspoke. This is what I said." He didn't. He apologized on air later in the game. He did not get into specifics. Later in the game, he said, "Quote, he said some I said something that didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to." And then he later issued a statement through the network after he was suspended saying he could not be more sorry and horrified and I hope you accept my apology. And as our our guest last uh, segment pointed out, there uh, another clip of Kuiper making the same, air quotes here, slip, surfaced, resurfaced, and the A's today fired him. Um, I want your phone calls on how you would have handled that if you were the Oakland A's. Did they get it right? I've got more thoughts about it, especially being somebody who has a microphone in front of him. Um, 
I want your take, though, too, at 503-417-7575. Your phone call is coming up. Uh... We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.